I'm gonna have Tom open us, um, and we'll continue from there. Okay, so the study we're getting into tonight talk, introduces the Holy Spirit um, in verse 16 of chapter 14, and um, it's, in some other reading, I, I bumped into something that I thought was really deep, a few verses out of um, 1 Corinthians, if you have a Bible with you, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and um, it, it totally relates to the Holy Spirit, but beyond that, just kind of context and to share and maybe discuss them a little bit, is um, we get nothing without the Holy Spirit. It's total vacancy. It's just worldly wisdom. And it's, to me, and I think to most of us in here, it's such a privilege to be in here and and feel the Holy Spirit working in us and in our discussions. And, and again, in a worldly sense, it, it doesn't get any better than this. It doesn't get any wiser. Than this. I mean, we're, we're looking into the secrets of heaven, the secrets of God, and these few verses out of Corinthians illustrate that. So, just four verses. <clears throat> but as it is written, I have not seen or ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for him that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man, which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So we can't know anything of God without the Spirit of God revealing it to us. Anybody who's out there saying it, talking God, and they don't have the Spirit, that's how much they got. According to that verse. Not according to me. <laughs> now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Think of that. I mean, all the heavenly things that are freely given to us of God. Secrets. Which things also we speak, not in the world, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. All right, well, Father, we just we come before you today. Thank you for that gift of your Son, the gift of your Spirit, the gift of you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A relationship of love, a relationship that we can't fully grasp, but we pray even tonight as we as we open up your word, that your Spirit, that Spirit that was just proclaimed by Tom Lord, that Spirit that lives in us, will be the one that guides us, enlightens us, encourages us tonight. Uh, we pray for any of the guys um, who are not here tonight. Continue to pray for John Eagle, that you will heal him. I am still in hope that I will see him as we saw Gil walking up those stairs today, Lord, that John will be here with us.
So guide us tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, very apt introduction. We did not plan that, by the way. So that was really <laughs> appreciate good. you. Yeah, that, that was that was very good and, and ties right into what we're going to be looking at tonight. Um, so last week, a, uh-huh. a little, you know, I'm kind of lobbying on this scripture, but just again, let, let's say, you know, man's wisdom is that table, and God's wisdom is, is this whole room, much bigger than that. We can't understand or know any of that, that wisdom or this wisdom. Can't get there without the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Think of that. Think of all the college professors, brilliant men. How much wisdom do they have? Well, that's, that's a little bit of a generalization. They don't have any spiritual they wisdom. They have no spiritual wisdom. Not without the Spirit. Are you talking about college professors who teach Bible? I'm, I'm a college professor. Oh, no. I'm, I'm talking about generally. I'm talking about secular, yeah, secular. humanist. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's sorry. Yeah. I just took offense. I mean, okay. <laughs> should take offense. <laughs> my pride my kind of took offense to this because I, until I was reading this this week, I thought, well, on my own, I am approaching godly wisdom. Mm-hmm. I come into the Bible study. And, yeah. But I I'm not getting, I'm not really getting it unless the Spirit is facilitating it and revealing it to me, according to those verses. Do you think you'll ever arrive? No, no I don't think so either. It's so far <laughs> above us. Yeah, I don't think we'll arrive. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of cool because when you do, when you get just little glimpses of it, it's magnificent. Mm-hmm. Of what? Of the, of, of the wisdom of God and the mysteries of God. You, you said, so do you think you would ever get, get there? First Corinthians, verse 2. The, um, the acceptance and understanding of the Holy Spirit is the one Chapter teaching two, is, is closest to getting there as you should possibly be. I think it's something I don't think that you continually do and you never... It's, it's just an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but... But there's fruit along the way. We'll never be Christ. But there's fruit along the way to become as close to resembling Christ. There's fruit along the way. And we all give fruit every day. You know? And some, some, I, I did some bad things today. I said some words I shouldn't be saying. But there is fruit along the way. It's not hopeless because if we're never, if we feel like we're never going to get there, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. So we know that we're supposed to follow Christ. We're supposed to become. We're supposed to renew our minds. Paul talks about renewing your mind to think, you know, like a Christian should think. You know, the way Paul thinks, the way Christ should think. But along the way, there's fruit. To keep it going. Because if there was no fruit along the way, then we'd all be bailing out. Right? If fruit along the way, you mean like we're producing fruit? Yeah, we're yeah, producing we're fruit along the way. Or if finding fruit. I mean, I find fruit here every time I come here. This is great. This is great fruit here. Fills my bucket. Uh, <laughs> and look, we even got brownies. <laughs> Maybe next week we'll have oranges. Real fruit. Spiritual brownies. <laughs> 
First Corinthians 2, 9. First. Corinthians 2, 9. There's also blessings and gifts along the way as well. Absolutely. I think that's what you're talking about, fruit. Yeah, fruit. Right? I mean, yeah, that's fruit. I mean, yeah. Blessing, gifts. There's miracles that we get to miracles. see. Miracles. Yeah, that's the fruit. Yeah. So, as long as we adhere. Yeah. So you guys remember, um, those of you who were here last week, um, how I closed last week? I wasn't here. I wasn't here. <laughs> Excuse us. <laughs> <laughs> The podcast no, is over yet. No, I got the people who weren't here. <laughs> yeah. You ask why we believe. Yeah. So I I sort of gave an illustration last week about I went to this event of the Interfaith Council, um, if you call it an event, um, and was somewhat troubled by the fact of what was happening there. Um, which was mainly that we had a bunch of people, this was our National Day of Prayer. Uh, first time the Interfaith Council ever was, has done something for the National Day of Prayer. Oh, National Day of Prayer. And they did at the neighborhood church. And without going back into that whole lot again, you ended up having all these different faiths get up and not just speak, but actually worship their God, which was very problematic to me. But anyway, that's what they did. And so it brought up, you know, the fact that uh, what we were reading last week, which is Jesus says, I mean, I was just saying this again, <laughs> we were just downstairs, that if you, that it's it's fun when you find little things in scripture all the time, always look for like those little ways of saying, this is the gospel, this is the good news, this is the essence of what we believe, okay, and why we believe it. Um, and so... We hit that last week, which was on John 14, which is John 14, 6. I mean, if there's anything that's going to divide people, um, it is 14, 6. Because Jesus says, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. He doesn't say, I'm one of ways, (laughs) or there are multiple ways, but I am the way. And then he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. So, if I was to, I think all of us would probably say amen to that here, sitting in this room. How do you know that is true? Prince Charles doesn't believe that. So that's how you know it's true? These Prince Charles doesn't believe that? No, right. I mean... There's, um, to be really blunt, there's a whole lot of Christians who do not believe that. Um, there's a, there's a lot. They've, some of the latest polls they've done of Christians, evangelical Christians, so that's, you know, this group, say, a lot of them say, there's a whole lot of different ways to God. Okay? There's, it's, it's not just one way. Jesus isn't the only way. And those are people who claim even to be evangelical Christians. So my question back to you guys is, how do you know what I just read is true? Well, if you read 11, it tells you exactly. Uh-huh. Which is? Believe me. Uh-huh. Or believe in the things I did. Okay. So. Chapter 14. See, 
I grew up in a house where I really trusted my parents. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned right from the beginning that there were... My father was trustworthy. Um, I don't remember a time that he failed me at mm-hmm. all. So, I believe, I believe what people tell me unless there's something to prove that they are lying to me. But my first reaction is to believe. So, when I listen to men who walked with Christ and they testify and they are willing to die, with mm. their belief in him, uh-huh. then that gives me reason to believe what they said. And so Christ says, if you, if you can't just accept what I'm telling you, then watch what I do and trust in that. So that's why I believe. So, so do you, he just used a word there. Dale just used a word. Testify. When we want to know whether something is true or not, there's a way in which we can go about that in our society. It's the same way that we go about that in societies for the last thousands of years. It's the same way that Jesus and his society went about it, is if you want to show that something is true, what do you do? You testify. Testify is sort of a legal word, okay? So where do we, where, what is the, what is the sort of environment in which testimony takes place legally? You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Right, so help you, which is, where does that happen? In court, okay? So if you think about, like my wife and I, we love watching Dateline, (laughs) and, um, in 48 hours, you know, I mean, that's probably one of our favorite shows to watch. And what you always end up doing is you end up, you know, pretty much all the time you end up with someone being murdered, right? And then the, and then they're trying to find out who saw what happened, uh, trying to figure out who is responsible. And then ultimately, though, they maybe find a suspect. They say, we believe this person did it, but nothing happens to that person until he what? He goes to court. And what happens in court? If I'm the prosecution, what do I want to do to try to prove that this guy or girl murdered someone? What do I, what do I, what Provide happens? evidence that it supports your accusation. Exactly. You provide evidence. And all right. Witnesses. Hmm? And witnesses. Because that's one of the big things that happens in a case is I might be able to provide circumstantial evidence, but if I saw someone who did it, <laughs> All right. That's the most compelling way to know this is true. So you just talked about that testimony. So I want you guys to think about what Jesus is doing. If Jesus is trying to, he is coming on the scene, and he's trying to tell everyone at his time when he was alive, he's trying to tell everyone what? What's he trying to tell them? He's God. He is, <laughs> he is God. He is the only way to the Father, right? Do you guys remember what does Jesus do then to 
to for them to believe, because they'll just use the word believe too. What how does Jesus testify? What does he do so he can provide the evidence, the He dies and becomes resurrected? Well before that though. Before well, he, he does that. He walks on water. Miracles. <laughs> he what? does miracles. Okay, so he does miracles. Good. He walks on water. So he does some miracles. What else does he do? He's providing evidence and trustworthiness that, that he doesn't miss the mark. He, everything he kind of explains is going to happen. It's basically, there's no falling back. Okay. It's always happening. Mm-hmm. All right. What else does he do? Anybody remember? What is he? Fulfilling yeah. prophecy. He, okay, good. Very, very good. He, so he fulfills prophecy. So, very good. All right. <clears throat> Which is to say that the word is testifying on his behalf. Excellent. And and John the Baptist. John the Baptist. There's mm. a. Mm. What is John the Baptist called? He's called a testifier. A witness. Yeah, a witness. testifier. Witness. Exactly. Any anything else you guys can think he of? He speaks to his disciples. He asks them to wash their feet. He makes the prediction at that time who will deny him. All right. Prior to him. Good. So he he predicts what is going, going to happen, which he fulfills cost, prophecy. Yeah. Very good. So if you guys think about it, and this is going to tie right in actually to how Tom opens us up, as we'll see as we as we walk through. So if you turn, in fact, if you guys just turn for a moment to um, John five, so at um, at on page thirty. And just listen. So this sort of summarizes what all of you guys just said. Excellent. And you guys did it really. And trying to think through that. So how, why do we say it's true? Why does Jesus say what he claims is true? You just, he provides witnesses. He provides testimony that what he's saying is true. Okay. So if you look at verse 30, he starts out talking like a judicial (laughs) court system. He says, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And listen to the language uses. If I alone bear witness, which is the word testify, about myself, my testimony is not true. He says, if I just do it about myself, and I say, hey guys, and we've had this, right? You have people who say, I'm God. You don't believe me, right? It says, just someone saying that's not true. There is another who bears witness about me. Do you guys know what the difference is between being a witness and bearing witness? And what? Bearing witness? Being a witness and bearing witness. That you are a witness or you bear a witness. Anybody know the difference? Um, well, one sees just, it and the other one sees it and tells it. Did you just hear that? Very good way of putting it, Daniel. So there's one thing to say that I witnessed something. It's another thing to say that I'm going to get up and tell people what I witnessed. And usually bearing witness means you're doing that in a way that you're trying to convince them, persuade them, that what what I saw, what I said was true. You're fulfilling it. Hmm? Because he's truthful and not just a human being. It's being fulfilled before them. Right. Right. Okay, so he goes on. There is another who bears witness about me. And I know that the testimony he bears witness about me is true. You sent John, 
the Baptist. Who just said John the Baptist? Yeah, Jason. And he has borne witness about the truth. So just listen to all this bearing witness type stuff. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say things that so that I may be saved. He was a burning and shiny lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than John for the works. So here's something. There's the works, the miracles that I do, that the Father has given me to accomplish. These works that I'm doing bear witness that the Father has sent me. And he continues on. The Father who sent me is himself born witness about me. His voice is not something that I've heard. It's something I heard. His word abides in me. And then he goes back to what Jason said. You search the what? Scriptures. Because you think they have eternal life. And he says, no. The whole purpose of Scripture is to bear witness about me. So you see this whole idea? You've got Jesus saying, don't just believe what I say. But I'm providing all this evidence and all these things that bear witness about me. Okay? Everyone follow me so far? Mm-hmm. And there was a huge mantle on him saying all this, because if, yeah. if it was just a guy, yeah, I mean, it, that would be so bloviated and puffed up. How could it ever be fulfilled? Yet, he's wearing the truth in life, so the, it's coming. Right. It's, what he was saying is coming. Yeah. Is bloviated a word? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. It did. It's it really now. Great. That's how words start. I, 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 <laughs> just said uh, you know that word. Yeah. <laughs> That's my new favorite word. <laughs> so, I tried to think of a way to try to. You guys are going to just have to hang in there for me, okay? As I, as I, you know, it's always hard to find ways to try to illustrate something. Because what I ultimately want to do is get to where Tom. Was that okay? Yeah, Jason, you want to say something? Uh, we 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 missed one that he speaks of. Uh huh. And it's again, yeah, it's in the word, it's in the scripture, but he he specifically says Moses. Uh huh. Which is which is the scripture again? It is the scripture. Yeah. But I mean, there are some particular things. So I went back in, into Genesis and was reading that. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a whole bunch of that are very specific. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, Genesis. 28, 10 through 22, Genesis 32, 22 through 31, 35, 9 through 15, just like all over. Bum, 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 very specific. Okay, so, let me, let me show you, so you guys can get hang in there for a minute. Let's see if I can do this. (laughs) Do you want us to close the door now? Can you close the door now? Is it getting cold? No, man. It's, it's, um, it's been cold. The heat's gone now, so. Right? This is for him, not for See? me. <laughs> My feet are always cold. See? Here, you want to borrow some slippers? I, I was looking at those. Those are pretty cool looking. Alright. Okay. For the sake of illustration, this is the Father. Okay? The Father that Jesus speaks about. This is Jesus. Why did I choose purple? Because Jesus is the Lord. He's king. Right? Yeah. King wore purple. And he bled. Yeah, there you go. So this is the Father and this is Jesus, okay? We know Jesus says that they are one. In fact, in our passage tonight, notice that it says in John 14, um, it says, um, you know, if you had known me, well, here we go. The words, um, but the Father dwells in me. Here we go. I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me, 
does the works I, be, I that I do. And he talks about him and the Father being one, right? We all know that. But now I want you to think about this for a second. This is during the time Jesus is here on earth. Because there's going to be a problem you're going to see as we do this. So this is, this is picturing when Jesus is on earth. When he is on earth, all they see is Jesus, right? They do not see the Father. In fact, he says, you cannot see the Father. In fact, what does Jesus say? The only way you can know and see the Father is what? By seeing me. By seeing me. Okay? So, when Jesus is here on earth, he's going through and he's taking these things you guys talked about. All these forms of witness. All right? So, he's saying, you guys said, he's saying, well, look at the miracles that I've done. Look at the things that I've said. My words that I'm saying. Look at... Um, the scripture, right? In fact, I'm going to use for scripture. Um, I'm going to do this. Okay, bigger because scripture is all the Old Testament that Jesus fulfills. He talks about that. Uh, we have John the Baptist, another one. What was something else we said? What are all, these are all the ways of the things that witness to Jesus, right? Now, during Jesus' ministry, people who were listening to Jesus say that he's one with the Father. We don't get this privilege. They were talking to Jesus, and they saw all these witnesses, didn't they? When they were there, they saw the miracles Jesus did. They saw they saw the words that he was saying. They saw the works that he was doing. They had the Old Testament scriptures to talk about him. Right? Everyone follow me? Okay. They had all that. And guess what? We don't. Some believed, if you take, this is a, take, this is, sorry, I'll do this. This is actually, these I have, okay, this is the scriptures. So, they, they could come along and they could listen to Jesus and they could say, do I believe you or do I not? They saw all this. Alright. We don't. We don't what? We don't see all this. Jesus has now risen from the dead. In fact, what do we, what is it that we celebrate this weekend? I love the timing of this. Talk about this. Huh? Pentecost. What happened at Pentecost? Holy Spirit Spirit came down. And what happened before Pentecost? After the resurrection, resurrection, but before Pentecost? He breathed the life, he breathed the Spirit into them and gave them. Right, but before, so before Pentecost, he did. But so Jesus dies on the cross. And there's Pentecost. What happens in between? Resurrection. Well, the resurrection. What he, also appears, the... he also appears to many hundreds. Okay. So he does all that. Yeah, 40 days. Because you could put 40 days in there. Exactly. He to many witnesses. Exactly. But, well, and so let's say they did that for his resurrection. A bunch of witnesses. Are there any witnesses in this room right now to Jesus' resurrection? No. Okay, so again... <laughs> But what happened between Jesus' resurrection appearing to everybody in the ascension? What had, I mean, the ascension I just said. He had to ascend, right? So before Pentecost, Jesus ascends up to heaven, sitting at the right hand of God. And so all of a sudden, we don't see any of that, do we? <laughs> so how do we believe today? Okay, so... I want you to think about this is what was happening back then. So it was easy to believe back then. 
It's what well, you think so, wouldn't it? You would think so, all right? But weren't there a lot of false prophets coming and going, uh, just left and right at that They time? were, but guess what? Those false prophets, you would have to show, did they actually fulfill the scriptures? Mm. Did they perform works? Did they do all these miracles? Was there a John the Baptist test? Okay. You get my point? Well, people weren't educated enough to have that reference point. Yes. Yeah. So, we don't have this, and yet you all are telling me that what you're reading is the truth. Fools. (laughs) (laughs) Fools is exactly what a lot of people would say. So my question is, how does that happen then? How is it that we today, and Jesus even said, those of you who don't see, but believe, wow. But why do we believe? Like Dale, I mean, who's, where's the testimony? Where's the witnesses? We don't see it. Do it. But we believe. Why? The Spirit bears witness. Because what? The Spirit bears witness. Okay. Did you hear what Tom just said? Mm Mm-hmm. So I want you to think about, we do not see Jesus. He is now up at the right hand of the Father, right? So, what do we have? What do we have that they had? The Holy Spirit. No, hold on. What do we have that they have? The Old Testament. The Old Testament. Right. We have the Scriptures. Not only do we have the Old Testament, but now this is going to represent the Old and New Testament. Because we actually do have the words of Jesus, don't we? That he spoke. We are reading them right now. So we have the scriptures. We have the testimony. We have the testimony of the scriptures, exactly. But does that give us access to the living Christ? Because uh, Jesus would say the same thing. We have the scriptures, but they testify about me. Right? So what do you say? You need a catalyst. You need, that's right. So, that is why Jesus says, in our whole section, John 14 through 16, he goes through all these verses that's why I love the fact that you just read today, where he says, you there's, you still can't access me. The only way you can have that relationship and know that I am true is because I'm going to look at 14, turn to 14, 15. Leave you with another. That's right. 14, 15, 16. And I will ask the Father, what does Jesus do? He's gone. He says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper to be with you forever. What's that helper? The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Are you guys ready for this? (laughs) So what do we have? We have the Holy Spirit. You know him because... What? Because... That Holy Spirit is where? In you. In you. It says he dwells with you. That's right. And, and he is. And he shall be. be future tense. That's right. 
Because it is future tense, because this is when Jesus is on earth. Pre-Pentecost. Pre-Pentecost. Excellent. Well. Okay. Well, this is, this is, for these guys, this is is pre-His resurrection. resurrection. That's right. Okay. They received the Spirit prior to Pentecost. Right. So here is what happens. Is, he says, I, well in fact, I want you guys to turn to 15. In fact, I'll tell you the page. Um, turn to page 96, and I want you to watch and listen to the language. We've all been talking about witness. Okay? So 1526 says, But when the Helper, which is the Spirit, comes, who I will send from the Father, so the Spirit's up here with the Father, <laughs> okay? He says, That I will send from the Father the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will what? Bear witness. Bear witness to me. How does he do that? Because, whoops, because this Spirit now lives in us. So when we believe, what ends up happening is we now are hooked in like this. Okay? The Father's here, we don't see him. Christ is here, we don't see him. But what the Spirit does, it is provides the personal presence of Christ to us because that Spirit now is, lives in us. This is what's, this, this is becoming a Christian. <laughs> this is what happens when you become a Christian. And I want you to think about how do you become a Christian? You become a Christian by Hearing the, hearing the word and believing. Hearing the word and believing, and what happens when that happens is the Holy you, Spirit. the Spirit comes inside of you, and you now are connected to Christ and have a real relationship with a real living God. So the catalyst is really your faith. The, well, the catalyst is your faith that is provided through the, Holy Spirit. the belief in what the scriptures say with the presence of God now living in us. The thing that's so interesting about that is that a, a person can think they are close to God, and if they don't have the Spirit in them, they're, as that's right. Tom said, it's, it's a zero. That's right. <clears throat> and Very they good. can make up their own story, but it it isn't. The real story. Yeah. It's, it's not the truth. Well, I think what's now, the most mm-hmm. abstract in all this is that, well, besides the fact that he says you've been with me from the beginning, is that we're called. We are. Right. Which makes <laughs> us fully blessed. Which that calling happens through the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit who then calls into us and says... Come believe in me, right? Okay. But I tell you what ends up happening is, so this that you see right here is what the church often forgets is the role of the Spirit. When you think of what the role of the Spirit is, many of us will think the Spirit is there to give us all these gifts, which it is, or to give us even charismatic gifts, speaking in tongues, healing, all those different types of things. 
That is true. Those are potential gifts the Spirit has. But ultimately what the Spirit does is bring the living presence of Christ and makes him more real to you than us here in this room. This process here is something you might not have even heard of this term. It's called the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. It is something that has been taught from the very beginning. We're reading the scriptures to show this. And it was taught in the Reformation, and it sort of has been lost. Because this is what usually happens, and I'm sort of speaking a little bit generally now. This is one of the problems with the Christian church. Is that people will either say, I've got the word of God. I've got the scripture. That's all I need. I believe. And all they have, and all they focus on is, this, 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 this. And they try to shove it down people's throat and says, believe it, believe it, believe it. And they forget that believing this doesn't happen unless the Spirit also is part of that equation. It's a Spirit that like, takes those words and makes it alive. But the other extreme is that they will tend to say, everything's about the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. This is more the Pentecostal charismatic movement. They can get excessive where they think everything's about feeling and experiencing the Spirit, and they totally forget about the Word. But what the Reformation, Calvin, everyone brought out, the Scripture talks about is, is both of these together that give me that access of a living relationship with God. Both His words and His presence is how I relate to Him. So when I ask you guys and say, how do you know... What it says is real. You might not realize this, but the way, if you really feel that, it's because you at one point said, I believe in this Christ. And when you believed, as Tom talked about, you got the gift of the Spirit. But to keep that relationship going, how did you first do that? You did it by hearing the Word. And the Word and the Spirit always work together. They don't work apart. And that's why you have to have both to have that living relationship with Christ. So a lot of times people also say, I've got the Spirit. And they go off and listen to the Spirit and listen to all this other wisdom of the world or wisdom of other religions and think, oh, why don't I feel close to Jesus? Well, it's because you're not in the Word. (laughs) Okay? Or they tend to just be reading the Word, 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 and it goes really dry. And they have no experience of the Spirit living inside of them. Both of these go together. So when you say, why do you believe it's true? It's because you have the witness, two witnesses. You have the witness of the Word, and you have the witness of the Spirit. Both those together allow you to believe and know that Jesus is real. I don't know if that makes sense (laughs) at all. It makes perfect sense. Okay. It's it's the scene and It's That's right. Guys, yeah. Um, just to follow up on the other. So, you know, there was a time in my life when I was lost in sin. So, who actually called me out? Because when I have a relationship with Jesus and God, yes, and the Holy Spirit, I have separate relationships with all three. Now, now no, I do. No, but back then, I don't. In wait, a wait, sense, I do. In my head, I do. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But wait, yeah. So, but then, what was it that pulled me out of sin and called me to the Father? So, 
look at that, we're going to read that. <laughs> so there's three places in this John section, John 14 to 16, that answers your question. In John 14, one, one thing is it says the Spirit's going to come to make us so when you read the Word, you get it mm-hmm. and you understand it. Mm-hmm. The next thing it says is when you, um, the next thing it says is that the Spirit comes and bears witness to us. And the third thing it says is exactly what you said. In John 16, it says one of the roles of the Spirit is when I start getting off and I start going my own way, the Spirit is going to grab onto you and convict you of your sin and call you back to Christ. And that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it felt like. But our problem is, is if we don't stay connected with both the Spirit and the Word and we start saying, well, I'm a Christian, but I never read the Word. I never really go to church anymore. I don't hear the word spoken, but I still have my relationship with Jesus. I want to say bull. (laughs) It'd be sort of like me saying to my wife, okay, that, hey, honey, we're married. I don't have her have to come home. Well, I am married. (laughs) But if I'm going to stay in a relationship with her, I've got to be home and present and talk to her. Same thing with, with Jesus. We've got to stay in the Word. That's why Tom was saying earlier, I'm saying, that's what I love about why we do what we do here. It's so ultimately not for you guys to just hear the Word and go, well, that was really nice, you know, good information today. It was so it convicts you, and the Spirit is, does this. Now, here's the other thing, and one more thing, and then is, this is key, key, key. And this is where we also get off. The role of the Spirit is not to call attention to himself. The role of the Spirit is always to focus and witness to Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you think you're hearing the Spirit, and it's telling you something other than what Jesus is going to tell you, right. you're not hearing from right. the Spirit. The Spirit's role is exclusively to present Christ as a living being in a personal relationship with him to Christ Period. He's the binding agent. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And it's through Christ we have the relationship right. with the Father. The, the part the, talking about the church. Uh huh. The part that is missing. So all that that skeletal structure right there. Yeah. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. But but we're flesh. So now, how do we... Here we are, flesh. Okay, but... Okay. So, page 90, he goes through, very specifically, not vaguely, but very specifically, an order to this process. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It's one of those things you can just read page right over. Page 90 is what? Is John fourteen twelve through uh-huh. yeah okay whatever, the yep. end of the page thirty seven where he started talking about the spirit twenty seven he starts talking about the spirit but he but he's speaking very specifically about the order of it yeah okay uh-huh. mm-hmm. so this is the, and again the idea of oh there's Jesus and there's the spirit and there's this and that and the other, that's cool but like yeah what do I do with all that and how do I believe right well he says so thoroughly over and over again through Old Testament, New to everything, but here it really comes home to roost. You must, you guys, we yeah, us, must, right. oh, uh, we must abide. 
That's right. We have to live in Christ. That's right. So that doesn't mean that we just have to believe it or read it right. or receive it. We have to pro. We have to physically, actively, consciously, in every aspect of our being, live in it. Absolutely. Just the marriage relationship is so perfect. No. And that's yeah. Like, and that's where it, hey, you're here, and you have to live through this relationship with Christ. Y- yeah, and right. everything you do, and that's where that's so right. when you when this comes clear, then you get the Psalms, then you understand David, then you're like, yeah. man, there was a that guy didn't tie his shoe. Without going, God, you there? Am I doing this right? You watching? He had a couple of laps of the well, Of course he did, and that's when he screwed up. The second he didn't say, hey, God, you there? Right. You checking out Bathsheba? Right. She's beautiful, because, right? Because I can live... I can live... <laughs> taking a bath on that roof right now. I can live as if I'm not connected. We do that all the time. That's flesh. What you looking Flesh at? is living... Even though we have that... Spirit in our heart, flesh is living as if I'm not connected to Jesus. That's right. The spirit That's and right. The and he, and, but what's cool here is he says, he goes, hey, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me also do the works that I do, and greater works than these you will do, because I am going to the Father. Because mm-hmm. we can't access the Father without me doing this, guys. Okay, whatever you ask in my name, so this is the tricky part. Right? What if you ask in my name? I want to do Ferrari Jesus. That's not in Jesus' name. Uh, yeah. And right? there is the name. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. This I will do. That the right. Father, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And how does that occur? He goes through that too. How's the Father glorified in the Son? Because what's the purpose of Jesus? Is to glorify the Father. That's right. What does the Father do? Glorify the Son. Everything is focused right here on Jesus. That's right. Okay. And that's where in everything we're doing, it is ultimately to keep that focus on Christ. That's right. That's what makes him real. So when we do stupid crap, who is it that's laughing at us? Well, yeah. yeah but Besides <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. What would you say? Satan, so yeah, is probably laughing at you. Right. But okay, in a, not like a in any condemning manner. Something. You know, like, like a fatherly, like, you dumb right. son of a gun. You know? Right. And the interesting thing, and one more thing, and I'll just like, keep you like... Just because I don't want to forget this, is in 15, the next thing it says after it says that the Spirit bears witness to us, bears witness of the Jesus to us, it then tells us we are supposed to do something with this. We are supposed to go and witness this to the world. That's why we're here. Remember when we started John by saying, don't just go out and say, God, God, God everywhere. Witness to the living Christ. You know that he that, is the one. That, that, right. that assignment that you gave us has really transformed my witness. And it, because I don't just use the, the the word God, the word God, which is because very it, which is general and people um, misinterpret it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say Jesus puts it on another level, right? And and then they have to come to the confrontation of the Holy Spirit. I mean, when I went down to the Interfaith Council, there was a whole lot of people Talking worshiping God. God. None of them were worshiping this God, the one and only God, <laughs> that only has the Spirit, that only has the witness, that only has the relationship with the Father, that only can provide us eternal life. They were all talking about Allah or Bali or... Whatever else, okay? This is 
this, this is, this is us. This is what we believe. And this is why we go out to the world and say, look guys, you want real eternal life? You want a personal relationship with Christ? You can have that. And this is how it happens. It, it happens to, he keeps talking about Romans 10, 9, right? You hear the word and you believe. And when you believe, the spirit is in you. Then it's 1 Corinthians 2 you read. And now you're in that relationship. But as we keep hearing from John, you have to keep in this relationship. Because we can, in a second, pretend and think we're not in it. You know? So, yep. Jesus... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. Can I read a... Yeah, yeah, let me, yeah, let me let Eric and then I'll let you... As Dale pointed out, your conduct is your testimony... <laughs> right. Oh, where you're coming from. And so, what defines your conduct and what gives you the power and the strength and the truth to be able to leave, to deliver the message? And I think that's walking with Christ, which is basically ethics and virtue. You can't, you can't be a Christian and not have good ethics. It's, you can't do it. And so, the power of your authority to even present that is the way you live your life. Yeah. He, though, is, I'm going to, okay, those ethics and virtue, right. I can read all those to you in the, in the Word. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You can't do them by yourself. No. You only can do them through the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. what's fascinating about what you were talking about, the, the, Jesus says multiple times, you can do nothing. Right. They, like, which is to say... Not some. Nothing. No, nothing. Which is to say, well, what are you talking about? I've done lots of things. I didn't know God. I did lots of things. Yeah, you did nothing. <coughs> Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Nothing. Anything outside this relationship is nothing. Yep. It's also, all here. Yeah, anyway. A lot of folks think they're doing something in Jesus' name, like casting out the demons. And, or going on a holy Lord, war. Lord, look what we did in your name. He says, I didn't ever need yeah. Right. So if you have no relationship, yeah. even the godly works. Even right. the best of things right. you do. Um, even the demons believe, because the demons have the word. Yes. Even the demons believe. They have the word. They know who God is. Oh boy, do they know who God is. But what they do not have is they do not have the Spirit. They do not have Christ. They're off. Right? So, okay. I have yeah. a kind of rhetorical question. So, who do we go to to pray, to access, to have the Holy Spirit? Do we ask the Holy Spirit to bring us the Holy Spirit? No. Right. I want you to think of what you just think read. Of your, think of your linkage. Yeah, here. right. You go from us, past the Holy Spirit to yeah. Jesus, and say, give me the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit is Jesus living inside of you, ultimately. It, it, it's it's representing Christ in us. It's really what the Spirit does. It it It... It is Christ living in us. Well, and but, but all this, in, in John 14, I'm kind of yeah. throwing it back at you, mm-hmm. but in John 14, it's like, okay, I'm leaving you now. Right. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and you're saying, oh, they're the same. Uh, oh, no, 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 they're not yet. No, they're not at that point, because he says, I'm going there to do this. There are three different persons. Now you're right. kind of making noise. And there are three you're different kind of making noise like, 
Well, Jesus is the Spirit. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying no, representing. Okay. So he he mirrors that he is as a, a good Trinitarian theology would say. These three are separate, but one, <laughs> right? So he is not Christ, but what he's doing for us is giving us the access to having that relationship with Christ. He's presenting us to Christ in that. In that so let me, on, in this context, let me read yeah. Psalm 51, yes. just yes. a few. And this was read a couple of weeks ago, I think. So here's um, David talking. Create, think of... I think every verse here has the word spirit in it, so I think mm. of spirit. I had not, well, this is the introduction. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit mm. from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and withhold, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Mm. And then what you're talking about, what do we do? He says right here what you do. Then I will teach transgressors thy ways. Yeah. Witness. And sinners shall be converted unto me. That's a beautiful verse, 13. Yeah, that is. It's so powerful. Please read it again. Yeah. It just shows how powerful our witness is. Because all we, then I will teach transgressors thy ways. If we have the Holy Spirit, then I will teach transgressors thy ways. That's all we have to do. That's all. We're done now. And, this is God's work, sinners shall be converted unto me. So we're going out and being that witness, and we're trying to get other people to come and hook in, <laughs> too, right? I mean, we, our witness is we want others to have this exact same relationship as us. That ultimately is what the church is. The church is a bunch of these connected to the Spirit. What's interesting is where you have the two carabiners... That's it. We're only connected to those two things. Yeah, that's right. We can't be connected to another. That's right. Person. Right. And there is something I did. Being. Right. And there's something I did. This is where we get all messed up in the church. Is I'm gonna take these apart for a second. Is is just look at this relationship. This relationship between the spirit and the word is inseparable. Right. Okay. You cannot have one without the other. Both are together. And so in our relationship with Christ, the only way we can really know Christ, know the ethics and virtues we listen to, we, you know, are to live by, is we need both of these connected. Right. And we tend as a church to sort of sway, and people, to sway back and forth. And that's why it's so important we're in the Word. Because the other thing that happens is people start going off and reading to everybody what everybody else says about the Word, or their own stuff. And they're not in the word themselves, directly right. That's being linked hearing. to another. That's yeah. right. So it's okay to listen to other people. But not to witness. But don't, them. yeah. I mean, yeah. stay in the word. 100%. Yeah. I mean, he says it right here. He says, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek glory that comes from the only God? Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. So other questions. Anybody else says, I mean, this is, I don't know if this makes sense as we're doing this. But anybody... Well, I asked who accuses you. And yeah. in the first part of John 5, Jesus says, God doesn't, I do. Mm-hmm. And then in the last part, he says, I don't, Moses does. Yeah. Oh. And in 16, it actually tells you, when the spirit of truth comes, 
This is page 96. He will guide you into all the truth. What's the truth? Scriptures. He will guide you into all the truth. He would not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, listen to this, why I say representing Christ. So listen, he says, for he will speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, the Spirit, he will speak, Mm -hmm. and he would declare you the things that are to come. What's he hearing? From Christ. Everything from Christ. He will glorify me. And then it goes on to the part that I was going to say to you. Um, He will take... He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. I know there's the other part about this. Where are you? Well, I'm in 16. Oh, there it is. 16, 13. Yeah, here it is. 16, 7, actually. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage I go away. If I do not go away, the helper spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And what happens when he comes, the spirit? He, the spirit, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness judgment. Judgment. He is the one that convicts others to come to Christ. And he is the one who actually convicts us as Christians Love to it. stay in Christ. Love it. You know? Okay. Yeah. Is there, is there anything that says that, like, by that action, with the, you know, the Holy Spirit, and that that was like, uh, like there was a sacrifice in that, or was that just like cause and effect? The sacrifice is what Jesus did on the cross. Uh-huh. But in other words, like what I'm asking or is... Or from us. No, like, by, in other words, that there was some kind of a, like, was it just something that just happened because they were just like trading spots, or was it like, like the Holy Spirit could have been up there with him, but, you know, I'm gonna, in a sense, give him up for you guys so that he can connect in that way. So it actually says in, in 14, it says, I'm gonna bring, because I'm going away, so Christ is on earth physically, right? I don't know if I'm answering your question. He's here on earth physically. And it, and think about it. If he didn't go away and Jesus was still with us, who could see Jesus? Only the people who were with him. Right. This was so amazing about how he becomes available to everybody in the world at the same time. So he says, I'm going away so I can bring you another who is now going to live in everyone. So him going to the cross, dying for everyone, is what allows the Spirit now to come and live in all those who believe. Alright, so he, so, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. Yeah, you, pretty much, yeah. You, you, okay. know, you know what I think helps on that a, a tremendous amount? Is going way, 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 way back. Because we, we talk a lot, and I see people swimming in the tree, talk about sin and everything else, and, and why the Spirit, and why did this, and how did that all occur? If if we don't really understand the foundations of it all, what's the mess we're in? How did we get there? And and, and why did Jesus have to die to do this, and, and the, all that? Sure. Was the Spirit always there? These questions. But you got to go back to the yeah. very foundations to really understand all Go back to Genesis 1. You got it. Yeah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the next verse, and the Spirit mm-hmm. was hovering over the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Spirit, you see the Trinity right at the very beginning of Gen- mm-hmm. Genesis. Mm-hmm. All right. God says, I let us, let us make men in our own image. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you see that from the very beginning. That's right. This, these 
existed from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then in terms of why, why does man require that? Didn't God make man? Right? And why, why this whole mess? Why does he have to come back and intervene? Right? And then to bring that spirit into all of mankind, if we choose to receive it. Right? So, that's important, I think, to help quantify all that. Right? So man was severed from the Father. Whereas before, we were one. And that's the relationship that, that had to be resurrected by defeating the ruler of this world. And that's what Christ did. And when we're talking about spiritual warfare, that it was a full-on, that was the death blow. You know, I had you guys think about this too. This would help you know how to judge whether uh, what is different about other religions. Hmm. All right? Because what is what are Muslims? Muslims are people who believe there's a Allah God and they believe that we are here. They do not believe you can have a relationship with that father. The father is there to just basically judge you. That's the, that's the relationship from a Muslim perspective. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't realize is Jehovah, I mean, um, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mormon church. They think that if you listen to Mormons, you will become, it's crazy. Because they talk about the father. They talk about this Jesus. They talk about the Holy Spirit. Okay. They talk about all those. But they don't have scripture. Oh, they, well, they say, well, we, we have your scripture, but we also have our Book of Mormon. Yeah. But what the Book of Mormon does is tell you. So I did a study with a Mormon one time, very, uh, somebody who really knew their scriptures and knew their religion. Him and I started in Genesis 1. We could not get past Genesis 1, 1. Because they do not believe Genesis 1, 1. They believe this is weird. They believe that man created God. What? They believe man created God, and that's why when when man dies, man becomes, was already God, they can now have all their own planets, where each of them are gods on their own planets, and I'm not being facetious, this is, the they have, this is the Mormon religion. You do not hear this until you actually sit down and talk with a Mormon. That That is the structure of the Mormon religion. Man is God and man created God. You can't get past Genesis 1. It's just... <laughs> so, anyway, it's a good way to be thinking about... The Heavenly Father has a spouse. <laughs> Doesn't Adonai have a spouse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's oh, it's it gets really. It's really weird. Yeah. Many and they can many wives, etc., etc. So, how does yeah. that? How does that look that, when you talk about an atheist or the law of nature? How C.S. Lewis talks about yeah, it, as law of nature, where things were um, done more by chance. How does that? How does that look right there? Does that well, that? most uh, many other religions too then don't even have any of this. They just say we are our own gods. And nature and everything is just one. We're all just one. We're all just one. Seriously, I believe that. I was a New Age Buddhist. Buddhism 
that here's the thing about Buddhism. Buddhism says none of this exists. Everything is a figment of your imagination. This, as you guys are seeing right now, is not real. The whole point of being a Buddhist is to attain nirvana, where you fully attain the state of the fact that everything is not real. Matrix. You are just one with everything. There's no personality, there's no people, there's no God. There's nothingness. There's not even a God. There's nothingness. And your whole What's goal fine? is to become nothing. Right. Isn't that exciting? Well, when you live in a world that's just nothing but pain... Yes, that's right. ...then nothingness sounds pretty pretty uh-huh. good. <laughs> You know? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want to go there. Yeah. Anybody else? Questions? Do you have any questions? Anybody else? I mean, when you're thinking, does, is this making sense? I yeah, guess. Good. Someone. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking through it. So the Holy Spirit at Pentecost yes. is available to the church. It's available to everybody who believes. That's right. And before that, talk about that. Yeah, well, bef- I mean, before. Yeah, like Jesus, with the prophets, Elijah and all of them. Right. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. Well, the way we have the Holy Spirit. Not the way we have the Holy Spirit. Okay, so because you do know, like with David, there was a Spirit. Okay, the Spirit existed from Genesis 1-1. But the Spirit did not live in everyone like the Spirit is available now through Christ. It was was very selective and only a specific people, a specific time who who God had called to be their prophets. Well, but but every one of those ones that God called, he didn't, they sought him first. They sought out God relentlessly. And God said, you know what? You're my guy. Right. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing is people say, why do you believe the scriptures? I'm going to go back to my little thing here. Why do we believe the scriptures? Because it tells us in Second Peter, tells us in First Thessalonians, I mean First um, First Peter, First Timothy, that what? What's so special about these scriptures we're reading? They have come about by the inspiration of the Spirit. Spirit. The Spirit is the one who actually ultimately authorized and sure, Authors. the scripture is what it is, which is another reason why they are connected. Yeah. That was the work of scripture all through the history of the Old Testament was it was the spirit of God working through specific prophets called by God to write down these words of God that today become the words of God for us, speaking to us. And then, and then, go ahead. Yeah. No, you go. Go, go ahead. In verse, uh, in, uh, Chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, yeah, I'll get it. Uh-huh. the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So, that's why we know that the Word is God inspired. That's right. Well, you. Just, it's, well, right. d- deeper than it being God inspired, what is, what is Jesus telling us through this entire book? Is that, I don't bear my own, then these aren't my words. These are the words of the Father, who is greater than me. And by the way, I didn't come to judge you, I came to save the world. I am not gonna be your judge. The word that I speak will be your right. judge. But ultimately what Glenn's getting is, how did we get the book of John we're reading right now? Yes, of course. It's because the Spirit, brought remembrance to, like, John even, right. and so the words that Christ spoke mm-hmm. to write those Peter. into the into right. the word. 
But I mean, in terms of like faith and the, the word itself and its significance, then why are we reading this? Just because, right? It's it's yeah. this. This is what. This is eternal life. Right. And right. all the foundations therein. Yeah. Throw in something to enrich this. Absolutely. Um, we were talking a minute ago about Old Testament and how the Spirit wasn't discussed a lot. It wasn't out front, but the prophets knew about it. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah. What, and what, <laughs> well, Nicodemus didn't know about it. Oh, uh-huh. so and, and this is, this brings up born again and born of the Spirit, which mm-hmm. enriches what we're talking about. So I'm going to read the last verse first, just to set it up. Nicodemus answered and said to him, "How can these things be?" And Jesus says, Art thou a master of Israel, and you don't know this? So here's the Pharisee, let's say, and Jesus is saying, You don't know about the Holy Spirit? And the thing that threw him, going up a few verses, Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. No talk of the Spirit yet. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? How can he enter into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, Spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And this is a beautiful analogy of what the Spirit is. The wind bloweth where it listeth, where it wants, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but you cannot tell from whence it came and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I think what gets us into trouble is when we live more in the flesh than the Spirit. Right. Plain and simple. That's right. Plain and simple. When we listen to our own thoughts instead of asking God to fill us with His thoughts. And one of the roles, huge roles of the Spirit, working with the Word, is to give all of you that, that's why we stay in the Word, is to give you that assurance that, guess what, you don't have to live as if you're not connected. He gives you the assurance that you are now, what does this make you, a child of God. Chosen. And that God really does love you. It's not just someone, to, He really loves you. And the Spirit provides a witness into your spirit that you are a child of God. Amen. That you are loved. Amen. But you've got to be in this connection. You've got to be hearing that. And how many times do we need to hear it? Over and over and over. <laughs> I guess. Stay in it. So when you guys, that's why when I say when we read these words, that's why when we open up and we say, let's read John 14, which is what mostly we do. We read a bunch of... I'm saying, listen to the Spirit as you're doing that. Listen not just to what the words say, but listen to how... Get in touch with that Spirit speaking to you, saying, this is for you, Greg. This is for you, Gil. This is for you, Daniel. This is for Rod. You know, I mean, this is for all of us. Yes. Um, To be really simplistic... God came to reestablish relationship with his people that fell away from him. Exactly. And right. so, so they fell away with Adam and Eve starting there and all the humanistic and the worldly things that they just drifted off. So he comes to reestablish relationship. 
But when he comes, he doesn't come to stay. He reestablishes the relationship, and then he gives the Holy Spirit, which is a vehicle to continue the relationship. Well, really the Spirit is what did all that. So the Spirit both forms a relationship and is the one who... I mean, the Spirit is the the masterpiece of that entire thing, yeah. ultimately. But that's what keeps the connection <coughs> yes, so exactly. that we don't fall away again like we did to begin and and not have a way back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they had Facebook Live back then, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus could have affected a lot more people, you know. Than, yeah. All right. Why not probably we, would be cut off. Yeah, you would have gotten censored on Facebook. So what we haven't done is why don't we read? Which is backwards. We're going to read. Okay. Let's just read all of 14 now. Okay. In sort of context. Yeah, we can start. We can start. Well, 15, actually. Yeah. Start at 15. Um, because we, we, we ended at 14 before. So let's read. So, as just what we said, as we read 15 through 31, I want you guys to just listen <laughs> to the Spirit. Listen to what, and by, by that, I mean, is there something that just pops out at you uh, as we do this? So who wants to read? 15 through 27. Jason. Yeah, so 15, so page 90. Through 27. 15 through, tw- one, no, through... 31. I don't have it. You have Ver- that other Verse 15. Sure. Verse 15. Yeah. So starting page 90. 1515. Chapter 14. Chapter 14. Chapter 14. 1515. 1515. 1515. Eric, you're not supposed to be flying a jet. You have to stay with the rest of us. All right, Jason, go ahead. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the world, excuse me, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's 
who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before, excuse me, I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. What does he mean by, for the ruler of this world is coming? Satan Satan is coming. So Satan didn't exist then? No, he 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 existed, but he was just... Up up to that point, he was the king of the world. He was the ruler of the, the world. It's just going to be more manifested in the world. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Because when Jesus was here on earth, remember too, Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry, what does he do? Goes out into the desert. Tell Satan and basically tell Satan, yeah, tell Satan to go take a hike. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now he's saying that I'm now going to leave. But Satan still has. This is the present evil age. He still yes. has. Rule over this earth. Um, it's no, he's shows, defeated ultimately. Yeah, it doesn't show that not at all. But yeah. Anyway, other questions? Anybody or other things that you guys heard? That there's a lot there. Uh, I, I, part I, he who has my commandments and keeps them. Yes. It is he who loves me. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems really heavy to me. It seems to me like there's a. Um, a con- like a condition for us to to let the spirit within us. We have to keep the commandment. Yeah. So to be loved by. To be loved we're, by I think we're loved anyway. I don't. I mean that. It, but it's, I would say it's to stay in that relationship. To stay in that relationship. He who loves me and yeah. he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Yeah. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. I, yeah, I explain that to me. There's a lot going on. Right, a lot because of he's saying there's a lot of he's saying you're already in this relationship, but again, we can act like we're not, right? So, but when we are doing his commandments, then we're living with this entire relationship that's going on, and this is what empowers you to do that. That's why the world will know we're different because we're not living as the world does. We're living. This is what I was talking about earlier. So all those four things are on there. Yeah. We get to decide if we're on there or not. Well, 
Yeah. That, that's the deal. We get to decide if we live. That's right. As if we're on here or not. Can Can I, yeah. Ask by, a question. By, by the commandments. By, but well. he, he spells it out. So on that, you, you pick out one of three. Okay. So okay. in that little section right there, he repeats exactly the same thing three times. And then by, via their questions, he just keeps repeating it in a slightly different way that says the same exact thing three times. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. I mean, how will the world know that I really believe in Jesus? They're going to look and say, are you living like this? Or are you living like this? <laughs> you know? People see that. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, Dick. So this goes back to my other question. Who's the one that's judging you? Who's the one that's laughing at you like a brother, like, you dumbass, why did you just do that? And then who's the one that's saying, you better repent right now, uh-huh. because it's all going to get fixed, and you'll be able to forgive yourself if you repent this very moment, because you'll be forgiven. Yes. So that, that second part of that, whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, mm-hmm. but the Father's. Because sometimes, you know, you don't think I'm crazy, but sometimes I get this, oh, sorry, Dad, I really screwed up. You know, kind of like the father's going, dude, you can choose the belt, the whip, or the paddle, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, I'm sorry, you know. And then, so that's kind of what my original question was. That's why he said earlier, I'm trying to show you our relationship. Right. I mean, when you take a look at their relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right. they're all they're, they're all intimately tied. Right. So, listen to Jesus. He talks about when I say something, it's really the Father saying it through me. Who's doing it here? I mean, <laughs> well, some, so sometimes with me, uh-huh. I've got like a really right. bad temper, right. and you wouldn't know by looking at me. No, no. So, right. <laughs> sometimes I'm not following Jesus' right. word and giving love, and yeah. you know, being a loving, kind person. Sometimes. I go right to my root, you know, and that's in that passage. I noticed that what Jesus is saying, well, you're not acting yes. in belief of me. That's right. You're acting from your carnal animal, you know, Absolutely. behavior, your bad, whatever. It doesn't mean you're not his though. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. But at that moment, he's like, dude, I can't talk to you because you're, you're being an animal. Yeah. You know, and, and and just, yeah, just think about the Lord's prayer for a moment. Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer to pray, and what right. does he say? Our Father, okay? Right, right. So you just, it's all connected. So, so go back to when smell. I get, like, crazy, it, Jesus just steps back and goes, dude, you're out of your mind. I'm going to let the Father deal with you. And that's kind of, that was the, the original concept I... That's right, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Hold on for a minute, Jason. Go ahead. The, the minor be quick. It relates a little bit to what you talked about today. Relates a lot about what we talked about last week, and this is, I'll say it quickly, is that uh, you bringing this up really helps me because, you know, this whole thing with my mother and this battle with my, my brother that I was telling you about, um, you know, he's like in a tailspin right now. There's, he's losing his control and I'm wanting to lash out and be what you're saying. I want to be that person, my roots. But just lately, just lately, I kind of thought about it and I prayed about it. And I really feel like I'm there right now. That's that's how I'm taking this. I really strongly feel that God's filled me with the Holy Spirit. And he said, he's telling me, don't fight your brother. Don't fight him. Materialistic things or egotistical things, materialistic things, embarrassment. You're 
what I've been doing lately is praying for him and his family that they don't embarrass themselves. And I just want to say this, that clears it up for me. I know. What you just said is you're hearing the Spirit speak through you. And how do I know that? Because you're really speaking what Christ would be saying to you. Live this way again. I mean, that's Christ speaking to you. And you're listening. And you're hearing. How do we, uh, when it comes to the commandments, you know, I've not met anybody yet that's perfect. And we all don't spend a long time. Hi. Jason raises his hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying Bruce. Bruce is the winner. Yeah. You know, too. I mean, we're going to blow it. Yeah. Right. So that's right. And it's being now. humble to know we're blowing it. Can, yeah. Can I read I some, sometimes, yeah. Can I read some scripture that, that addresses all of this that just gave me enormous peace? Um, in chapter 12, it's, it's, and it's so, so, some of this stuff is so easy to pass right over, and it's what like, verse? whoa. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, uh, 44. So we'll read that whole little section there. As Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Here we go. If anyone hears my word and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. Okay? So, between now and the last day, we all get a get out of jail free card. And if all you gotta do is receive him. And we're cool. And if we blow, that's it. It's just well, it isn't quite that simple. Well, it's it's if, we, if we, right there. If we oh, sin, if we sin, we'll judge him on on the last day. Yeah. Anyway, you're gonna say, oh, there, there it is. Okay. If we sin, if we sin, we may be Thank forgiven. You. Thank you, Jesus. But we also must repay our dues. Well, oh yeah, has, sin right? has a yeah. price of its own. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. if I run a red light and crash into another car, I think you're car, saying the free car is not. It's really a free car. There's consequences to the sin. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I don't yeah. get right. out of jail free car. Does right. not. Meaning, just to say that you're not damned. Right. I guess is oh, the point. Oh, yeah, that's you, a better, you, that's, you still yeah. have the to the option of eternal life. All right. So I'm gonna let us close. Thank you guys. This is tonight was more of a. Let's try to get some basics down. Um, and then next week, we'll just pick back up in 14 and do what we've been doing. Is just read and keep just hearing these words of Christ um, to us. So I appreciate you guys sort of hopefully this helps. I want to lay the groundwork of the importance of this. Because you, all through John, Jesus is doing this. And now he gets to the last part, which is talking about how the Holy Spirit plays into that. And so now that we see how this all sort of works together as we read, we can see how those words are spoken to us and how we live those words. We'll see this as we keep going up. But I want to give the sort of foundation as we keep as we go through the rest of John. Thank you, so. <clears throat> Thank you, Greg. Right.
But let's all, why don't we all end by doing the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The light of the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.